Welcome back to Restless. My name is Father Joseph Gill, priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, Connecticut, and you've joined Carmelina and Paul, the other Paul. This is uh, Paul, who is Carmelina's significant other, and we're going to talk more about that today. But it's, together, we young adults restlessly seek the face of Christ in today's crazy and mixed-up world. But you know what's even crazier than this world? It's the fact that you guys just got married a couple months ago. I know. Can, has that sunk in yet? It has, actually. Oh, good. It, it really Very has. So. Yeah. I, I think so. It was not... I mean, I was just talking to my parents on the phone last night, and it wasn't as abrupt of a transition, at least at this point, that I than I thought it would be. Because, yeah, we've had to move our things into our new place, but I've moved so much over the years that that was pretty much normal. And then when we were dating, we just had... I can only speak for myself, but I'm sure Paul felt the same way, this deep longing for marriage and to be together all the time. That when he was, we were finally married and able to live together. It was like, oh, that stressor's gone, and you're just here, and now we can actually. Be <laughs> My vocation together. check. Right? Yeah, <laughs> it was finished. just very peaceful, and um, it's it's very strange, kind of how smooth that has been. Wow. It's not that marriage hasn't had its trials, but as far as that transition, like, well, I think that's a sign you guys great. were meant to be together. Yeah, you, it you discerned well. I guess so. God has been good. Very, very clear too. I mean, that was a huge grace, I think, for both of us at how easy it was and how just it was just God within both of us at the same time. It was like, okay, one more step forward as we went through the dating and engagement process and marriage prep. Yeah. Yeah. So today's topic is going to be about engagement because, uh, you know, Carmelina and Paul were engaged not too long ago, <laughs> right before their marriage. And which, you know, it's, it's sad to say that uh, both engagement and marriage is such a countercultural idea in today's world. You think like marriage is most people's vocation, but most young adults don't bother with that anymore, you know, unless you're really serious about being Catholic or, right. you know, really making this a solemn commitment. So let's just like, let's just hear your story about uh, like, first of all, how did you guys meet each other and how long did you date before getting engaged? And Go for it, Paul. Yeah, sure. Well, first to... Um to uh, address the first thing you were talking about, certainly marriage is is under fire and is under attack in our culture. And uh, I think one of the better examples of how to combat this are the writings of uh, Pope Leo the uh, Thirteenth and Pope Pius the Eleventh on marriage. Um, That's interesting. You wouldn't go straight to John Paul II. Well, that was the third one I was going to say. Okay, <laughs> but the 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 signs of it being under attack are are even I think even better explained in uh, in the first two, um, and they were writing long ago. And yeah, Leo the Thirteenth was eighteen nineties. Right, right. What did he write that I'm actually not familiar with? Leo the Thirteenth was it was Casti uh, Canubii. Was that him? Okay, I wasn't was, sure if that was maybe that was the. I think that's Pius, the Pius the twelfth, the the eleventh. Eleventh, eleventh, yeah, Pius eleventh. The other one is um, I forget the name of the encyclical, but it has has a lot to do with marriage. Okay, I didn't know Leo yeah, wrote it's one. Very good. Um, and uh, so uh, the the question was, oh, how how where'd you guys meet? Oh, uh, so we met in the the best place you can possibly meet to find a significant other, in my opinion. Um, I think most people, uh, although everybody's um everyone's 
desires are slightly different. Most people want to be with someone who's honest, who's loyal, who's um, charitable. Uh, where do you find those people? Same for friendships or uh, marriage. Uh, you usually find those people at church. Uh, so that's where we met. Did you? In short. Is it at a mass or something? Or? St. John's. So I had just come, I had just begun my internship and I was new to Stanford, didn't know anybody. And I thought, okay, well, the church is a great place to meet people. And so I brought actually my coworker who I found out was Catholic and they were doing at St. John's a, a wine tasting event, a charity event. And then all of the young adults afterwards went to Bobby V's across the street, the the local bar, just to hang out and kind of meet each other. For those who are not from Stanford, Bobby V's is actually owned by Bobby Valentine, <laughs> who was a manager of the Mets, yes. I think, or any yep. Red Sox too, maybe, I don't know. Maybe just about Mets. Mets, definitely. Not sure about Red Sox, but yeah, that's where we met. That's and, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For about four or five years ago, about. But you guys didn't start dating immediately. No, at the time no. we were, neither of us were looking for a significant other or interested in each other, um, but we became friends. Um, and, uh, you know, once a point came, I, I don't think we, either of us even thought considered it at all until a point came when we were both single mm. um were you dating at that time when paul what, what, when you when you met carmelina i don't remember you weren't i don't okay I guess not. <laughs> he was Carmelina not remembers. exclusively but i i don't, I don't think I don't. you were exclusively seeing anybody okay no i don't think i was i don't know anyway <laughs> So I'm guessing it was not love at first sight then, because no, you guys didn't. No, no. I mean, it was the opposite actually, because I was. You I thought was, he was ugly. No, no, I'm just kidding. I actually thought he was much younger than he was. So Paul's like seven years older than I am, and I Wait, thought, really? Yeah. Okay, and I'm I, actually shocked mm-hmm, he, because yeah, he looks Paul very looks. Young. I, looking at him right now, I think Paul. I would guess 25 max. Very. How old are you, Paul? I don't even know. Uh, quite a bit older than that. <laughs> <laughs> you age well. Thank you very much. Yes. Yes, he does. So I thought, especially when he's clean shaven, and um, I was also discerning religious life at the time very seriously to the point where I was basically giving God at least a year formally. I said, Lord, like I'll give you this time for a year because I even know that if I find the perfect husband, I trust you that... We will. We would still get married, even if, even if it's during this time period when I'm just not dating, because this time is for you. Hmm. And so I was just absolutely not nobody. I don't care if it's the person I'm supposed to be with, as unless God, like you know, moves in a way that, that would change my mind. But no, I wasn't even entertaining the idea of dating anybody, until I felt called either way. So, um, because I knew it would be detrimental to my marriage if. I was called to marriage and I didn't fully like have closure with that. Kind of get that, not get out of your system. That's, that's says negatively. Yeah. Yeah. Give God the first shot. Exactly. Exactly. Cause I just, I think that's how it's supposed to be for me personally. Sure. And so, so yeah, but I, I also, I've also tended to be drawn more towards, I, I have a very like logical kind of way of thinking. I work in finance. It works out well there, but I never had patience for a lot of, like theology or philosophy, kind of more abstract concepts, I guess philosophy more so. And so guys who I've met, especially as a new convert from a very secular world that I was living in, just never had any patience for it. I'm like, can we just be in reality and talk about, you know, logic? And then there's Paul (laughs) and he's all about like abstract thinking and 
Well, Paul's a professional theology exactly. professor. So, exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't have time for this. Like, I, I just don't, I don't have time. I want facts. I want math. I want numbers. Let's, let's make decisions here and not talk about them. And so when we met, I, I really don't think it even went well because I was like, just not. This guy's living in the clouds. Right. <laughs> that's, that's what I thought. I'm like, wow, he's just really kind of in outer space. And <laughs> I don't have the patience for that. And so Paul's facial yeah. expression is like, wait, I didn't know you thought that. <laughs> but he, I think Father said it better in the clouds is he's thinking of heaven all the time. It, well, that yeah. that too. It's you like try it. But it was more. <laughs> no, but it was more of a just total misjudgment on my part, just being quite narrow minded. Also, just a self protecting thing of not wanting to entertain the idea of anybody, and just trying to respect the boundaries that I had set for myself. So. Sure. I I just didn't. We were friends. We knew each other. So this was like four or five years ago. That you guys met. Yes. And then and then you proceeded to date other people. Mm-hmm. And then so how did you guys come back together? Of like you know what this is something that's we got to get serious about. Yeah. Do you want to? Sure. I think um, we we were hanging out with the same friend group a lot and. Um, I was just excited to be her friend. I just thought she was a cool person to hang out with. Um, and then at some point it dawned on me like, oh, that's what's going on here. At, you know, and uh, and then it just clicked. You know, it just kind of came out of nowhere. And, and I think it sort of blindsided both of us. It, it absolutely did. I mean, neither of us ever thought because I think we were we were single at the time, but we were also dating other people. And not seriously, just really trying to discern who we were hopefully going to get married to because we were both intentionally seeking that. And I think what happened is we just started seeing each other at different young adult events and totally as friends, we just started talking. And, you know, enough of those times had happened where it kind of dawned on us like, oh, wow, you're really cool. And then I know for me personally, the other the other people that I was dating, I started to compare them to Paul. Mm. And I thought, that's really bad. No, no, it can't be. It, it just can't. It can't. I can't compare how awesome of a person just because I know him so well. It just can't be him. It can't. It can't possibly be him. And I distinctly remember going on a date with someone that I thought I would really like. And I went to the restroom and I was having like a conversation with myself in the mirror, like, stop comparing him to Paul. Like, give him a fair (laughs) shot. But really, Paul just kind of, he just blew me away. I mean, it was so, once I think we both kind of realized, or at least I realized that, I thought, wow, like, he's incredible. He's just an amazing guy. And just the more I got to know him, the more I found out, the more we had in common, the more I was like, wow, like, this whole philosophical, theological brain that he has actually works really well with mine. And I love the balance and I love the balance that we both had, yet we were so aligned on core things. We were aligned on experiences that we've had and just, it just flourished. Like we couldn't stop seeing each other. We couldn't stop like talking and it was just endless and it was joyful and easy and fun and just, yeah, so. So so if I can ask a rather personal question and feel free to not answer this if you don't want sure. to but I think I think people that are discerning marriage would want to know the question of yeah, at what point did physical attraction come into that you know cuz everything you're saying is that you know they had a great personality and definitely both Paul and Carmelina have great personalities but 
I know lots of people with great personalities. I'm not called to marry, you know. So what? So where and when did you suddenly wake up and be like, whoa, actually, he's actually really good looking, or she's really, you know, she's really attractive, or was that was that always there and just kind of like latent and? For me, it wasn't always there because for me, I've always looked beyond just phys- physical attraction because the faith and intellect is so important to me. Mm. And so I could see like Brunner was, you know, a handsome man, but it I don't even think it ever dawned on me like, yeah, I could definitely date him. Absolutely not. Like that was totally not just because we were friends and in different stages of life and, you know, X, Y, Z. So I think for me, this sounds... X, Y, Z? Are you, sorry. Are you British? It's in finance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I say that in finance. I'm picking up things too fast there. Oh, no. Anyway, sorry. But... Um, we got to detrain you from all that. Yeah, but I... Um, so I'm definitely attracted more to like intellect first and, you know, do we connect on a personal level? Just because sure. being in the... I think for me as a woman, being in the secular universe, right? I went to a public school growing up. I went to public university. Very state school, secular. And I met a lot of really awful men and a lot of men who just see women very... Solely on the level of the physical attraction. Solely on the level. And I was just tired of it. I had no patience for it. I was sick of it. I lost a lot of respect for men in general. And I really didn't start meeting good men until I came into the church. And so physical attraction just for me just was not the first thing that I was looking for anyway. But I think I, I fell in love with Paul as a person before I fell in love with you know how he looks. He's very handsome. And I'm very <laughs> grateful. Uh, but that for me was secondary. And I think it happened for me, at least, definitely at the same time where I realized like, wow, I really have strong feelings for him. Mm. And it's it's because of everything about him, not just because he's so handsome. I mean, that really should be the goal. It, it, it is. is to, yeah. to, to love the whole person, mm-hmm. not just obviously good looks because good looks will fade right. in time. Although Paul's showing the, quite the opposite that he's going to look great till he's 90. But It's very strange. <laughs> he, yeah, he ages very well. I have to be honest. Uh, I had kind of the same experience. I knew Carm was pretty, but um, I just could never see her in that, in, in like a, a way of attraction. It was more of just... I'm glad to be her friend and she's fun to hang out with when we're in these, you know, groups where she's there and, uh, and it all just, um, you know, we were, we were just kind of getting to know each other as friends, uh, really for the first time, uh, really actually getting to know each other. And, uh, that's all I thought was there. And I think that's all she thought was there. And, uh, and then just one night all at the same time, it was just a boom, a wave of, it sparks flying, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, I remember I remember that night and we actually we were just we went outside and I was in literally sweatpants. I had my hat on. I think I just I looked terrible. And we just talked for hours, for hours. And we had been dating for a bit at that point. And um that's definitely the night that it that it hit for me. I was like, wow, I really we really have some sort of connection here. And now I'm kicking myself because I told myself that I wasn't going to catch feelings because I never thought I would be with Paul Brenner. And yeah. Yeah, same. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, yeah. something's here and neither of us can deny it. Mm, and right. that's sort of, that's when kind of the physical attraction for me had followed. Yeah, that was part of, I think, understanding it in this discernment uh, of trying to figure out what God's will was, was because I think both of us, our intellect was kind of like, no, like... W- 
let's just be friends kind of thing. Um, uh, but so, so, so would you say thing. that's the moment when you knew that the, the other person was the one? No, no, no. no. Okay. So that was just, no, that was that just, was like just the, the moment when we were like, step, Oh, this moment. is more than a friendship. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. So, so when did you know, like, this is what God wants, like this, this person. So it was, for me, it was actually, it was a little bit dramatic where I realized I, I called it, I caught feelings and I, I did, I was very attracted to him. I thought, wow, I cannot believe this incredible guy exists. And I told, I told Paul, cause we hadn't had like a formal discussion about it. We were just kind of like getting to know each other. And I was going to visit my parents for 10 days I think it was. So a pretty long time away from Stanford. And he was kind enough to drop me off at the airport. And I basically told him, I said, hey, you and I really need to sit down and spend some time. I think this is a great time. I'm leaving to go to adoration and just pray for God's will fervently because we really need to intentionally do that. And then I left and he said, okay, I totally agree with you. And I thought, wow, I don't think I'm going to hear from him forever because he's probably I fully expected him to just if he called me back it wouldn't be for a few months and have been like you know that was really nice it's been great to get to know you but you know I think I think we should kind of move on because I I had a feeling you know he was discerning other people and there's a lot of options and I was like okay well probably not probably not me and that's okay too and I accept that because that's just the nature of dating Right. And right. being can't take people. it personally. It's just exactly like and the last thing anybody should want is being married to the wrong person. Like if it's not God ordained very clearly, then I mean, I think some people have varying levels of clarity there, but I really wanted it to be evident from God. And sure. that meant a lot to me, especially with everything I went through discerning religious life. I was like, God, you will never be outbeat in generosity. Please, I just beg for your mercy here and just make it clear, especially for Paul as the man, the leader. And because I would probably likely say yes if he asked me to exclusively date. Mm. So. So it was that, it was that period and, and you kind of just had more peace and clarity about that. They kind of, this is, this is, could be the one when he, when he pursued you after. Yeah. 10 day trip. I think that, you know, what you just described was like the point when you knew it was an exclusive or, or, or heading towards an exclusive right thing um but i think what father's asking is when you knew they were the person you're called to marry when did you know that well let me ask you that question paul when did you know that because you're the one that popped the question yeah it was a gra- <laughs> it was a gradual thing um and uh honestly i think i think it comes with the same exact formula in discerning any big decision, you do your due diligence, you try to get to know the person. Um, but there's there are five things that I think kind of need to be in line to discern properly. And they're praying every day, uh, receiving the sacraments frequently, um, growing in virtue or striving to grow in virtue, having a good community around you, and... Uh, What was the fifth one? Is it spiritual reading? Yes, spiritual reading. Thank you, Carmen. Those are pretty good yeah. pillars for a good and Catholic if you, life. And if you're doing those, it's I don't think God is going to let you miss your vocation, and it won't come a day too late. Hmm. Um, and it's very difficult to be patient since we, many of us have this drive for romantic love from a very young age. Um, 
So it's really hard to be patient. Um, and uh, then it's just, it's literally just, just being on your knees in adoration as much as possible. Yeah, I think we both were just think had the same mindset of like, if we are doing those things and we are still feeling this peace about it, then let's just keep taking a step forward. And yep. we took one step forward and our prayer, the whole, our whole engagement and even dating too, it was, God, if this is not your will, please crush it. Mm-hmm. And it, in spite of how painful that would have been, if he did, we would have been at peace about it because that's. And God's will is our peace. God's right? will. As exactly. Said, yeah. So that's what we tried to put first through the whole, the whole process was God, if this isn't your will, then please crush it. But if it is, then he just kept one step forward, one step forward, one step forward. So there was an incredible amount of clarity and peace. And um, we took advice from St. Ignatius on, you know, going with our peace, Mm. um, especially in prayer. And it was, I think what made it so easy was because from the beginning, neither of us were really interested in each other. So we were completely transparently ourselves. And mm. and then when it all kind of hit, like, oh, there's something here. Uh, and uh, we we started to see it in a different light. We were still just being totally transparently ourselves. And I think a lot of times when people start to see someone, especially if they just met them, they kind of put on their best self for the first several meetings and uh, there was none of that. So it was, it was, it was really clear because we we knew each other. (laughs) Yeah. Sweatpants. I was wearing clothes from college. Literally. It was, this is me. This is. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And it was one of the best, you know, most fun nights and we just talked for hours. And I think one of the beautiful things about Paul and us kind of, being exclusive too. It's I'm very, we're both very blunt. We don't really beat around the bush a lot. We like to be clear, especially with vocations and potential marriage. And we knew that neither of us had any intent of trying to protect ourselves. Like we knew what we were getting into with the dating process. We knew that there's hurt involved if it doesn't work out. And we accept that in pursuit of the higher vocation and what God's will is for our life to be saints. And the beautiful thing about Paul is that when he finally discerned that he wanted us to be exclusive, he called me and just really laid everything out, which I, as a transparent, straightforward person, appreciated. And he basically said, hey, I've been in adoration. I have been praying about this fervently, and I've never been more clear about something. And I'd like to exclusively date you, which means that I only date exclusively in pursuit of marriage. And anything you're thinking, anything you're feeling, anything you're experiencing, I want everything on the table so that we can give it our best shot and then know that even if it doesn't work out, we did the best that we could and it just wasn't God's will. And we both accepted that awesome. at the risk that's, of a potential friendship. But that's great terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, honesty and transparency, I think, is critical. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So so let's so let's talk about the engagement process itself because for a couple of reasons. One is that I know that when you're planning a wedding, there's a whole lot of details. You got to uh, you know, just get a caterer and a hall and music and this and that and this, you know. So how did you, how were you able to keep your eyes, keep your peace, you know, keep your eyes on Christ, keep your eyes on kind of the bigger picture while you were doing all this marriage prep stuff, especially because you got married out in Pittsburgh. So it wasn't even, you guys weren't even local. 
We Did had, you get married in Pittsburgh? No, no you didn't. I'm sorry. Two that was Matt Peraza that got married in Pittsburgh. Yes, that was Matt. But you're from Pittsburgh. I'm from Pittsburgh. That's why I was confused. Yes. We had two... You had two we, weddings? We, well, not really, no. We had the wedding <laughs> class allowed? here in Stanford, and then we had a reception here and then another reception in Pittsburgh for my family. So you did have another thing in Pittsburgh to we plan. We did. Well, I didn't. My parents planned all of that. I planned everything oh, that's good. in Connecticut, though. That's yes. good. Huge relief. But so, I mean, was that a distraction for you and like keeping your peace? Because you guys got in, between your engagement and your marriage, how many months? It was pretty short. Six to the day. Six months. Yeah. So that's a lot to cram. It was tough. We we didn't want to do it. Actually, we knew that. And we knew that we both are not extreme, but we both were like, I've never had this dream for a big giant wedding. It was never in just never a desire of mine. And we so desperately just wanted to get married and start our vocation so quickly. We thought, why don't we just not elope, but have a very small wedding because it's so much work. And we thought we just want to be married because that's the greater good. And then we were convinced that to have a larger wedding. So it was actually a very condensed amount of planning because I was planning for a very like small wedding, like 10 people originally. 10 people? Yes, which made my life <laughs> had, easy. But you have way more friends than that that would really oh, like to come. Oh, goodness. Yes. I mean, total, we had about 300 oh my goodness. between Pittsburgh. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. A lot of people in Pittsburgh. It was still relatively small here. Yeah. Um, But it was, you know, it still required all of the... Same sort of planning as a quote unquote large or normal wedding. Um, yeah. So to answer your question, it was ve- it was very difficult because I I planning that amount of stuff in that time, and plus I transitioned jobs to a much more difficult job with a oh in the middle like, of that whole process. Yes. Oh my In goodness. the middle of the process with a quite large scope that I had no experience prior going into. So it was just a lot. And it was, and I don't have family around here. So it was a lot of me kind of planning and using people as I I could. And, you know, thank God we had people come in and step up and and help. But it was, it was a lot. And it, well, I know your 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 maid of honor was Lauren. Yes. And she did and an she amazing did, job. She shared with me a lot of stuff that yeah, she did. She, she did, did an amazing job. She really did. And I had another friend come up from North Carolina for almost a week too mm. who helped and it was just, you know, praise God for those people who were so generous with their time and and everything. So that that definitely helped. I I'm still kind of cringing at the burden that it placed on people just because that's not what I wanted, but it it happened and we had an amazing time and we loved it. And how did we keep God first? Back to your question. It was actually very difficult and it was terribly chaotic. And there was a lot of stuff to be, be done, even though we kept it as simple as possible. But there was one moment in particular that Paul and I both shared at the actual mass. And, you know, we were trying to receive the sacraments regularly, but it was just really, really hard and chaotic. And it was, we did the traditional Latin mass. And so we got married first and then we celebrated mass as a couple after the actual exchanging of rings and the marriage portion. And it was when the consecration was happening in the midst of all of the chaos that had ensued the last six months and all of the planning and all of the work, we just had this incredible sense of peace and stillness. Mm. And it was like, wow, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what God wants for me and our life together. And it was just this moment of, wow, like this is it. This is the, 
this is the big picture. Like this is yeah. here. So. Well, praise God. Praise mm-hmm. God for that because that can be tough. Yeah. Wow. So we don't have too much time left, but there's a couple more questions I want to ask about your engagement period. And one was your pre-cana, you know, because everyone does a little does pre-cana a little bit different. And uh, first of all, what was your pre-cana like? You know, did you do like a weekend retreat or was it a day or? We did a diocesan program that I think was put out by the Diocese of uh, Alexandria, Virginia or Arlington, Virginia. Okay. Was it like it was a, an, it a was Zoom an, thing? It or? was an online program that mm. uh, was a relatively new um, online version. And we also had like a, a um, you know, like a group of people from all over the diocese kind of participating, everybody that was getting married in that six months or whatever. So do you think it was effective? I think it's really difficult to create programs for pre-cana, especially online, and especially when you're dealing with the general public of the church. You're dealing with people who, a lot of people from from both ends of the spectrum, some people who study JP2 and the theology of the body, and some people who don't even know, you know, the basics of the faith. Right. And they all want to get married in a church. And right. so how do you cast that really wide net? And um, a program we had hit some of the more important points like uh, free, total, faithful, fruitful, and, um, you know, the church's base, basic teachings on marriage um, and, you know, Genesis and to becoming one flesh and Ephesians 5 and... First uh, Corinthians thirteen, um, but it's very difficult to condense everything that you know you can teach to this broad spectrum of people in a in a little online program, especially because yeah. a lot of people in pre cana programs get turned away if it's too long or too hard or whatever, and they just they just want to get married in the church and they don't want to have to do anything. Yeah. It boggles my mind a bit that, you know, to become a priest is nine years. For me, it was nine years of formation and for my vocation. And for most people, it's eight hours. Right, right. It's you very know, like, difficult to form people and yeah. uh, form people for marriage. I mean, I, I think just a lot of people have a have a very rudimentary understanding of what marriage is, what its end is, and, you know, what it means and, and how to, to do it well. And so a lot of people are going in this through trial and error. And that's why I think these uh, mentor couple programs are good, although probably doesn't work for everybody. And some people, you know, may not be attracted to that, but I think that's a great program. That's what I do at my parish. We do a, it's called Witness to Love. It's a very good uh, mentor couple program. And they used to do that at St. John's um, way back in the day. But so real quick, just one last question before our time is up. Were you nervous at all during the whole process of like getting ready for? No. You're shaking no, your heads. Not one bit. No, no not really? even a little bit. No. Oh, no. No, I think, no, no I cold we feet, were, nothing. We were Never. both at a point in our life where we, we understood exactly how one should discern. And, uh, you know, with according to the saints. And if they're wrong, then I don't really have uh, any guideposts <laughs> for that. <laughs> That's um, true. And, and yeah, there was, there was peace the whole way through. And even when our, when our intellects uh, or our emotions were... Uh, you know, uh, trying to deliberate in our with our earthly powers, um, God was very clear. Good for you guys, because I'll tell you what, I was very nervous before becoming a priest. 
big yeah i think that's really common yeah. even in marriage you know people kind of going up to the altar even kind of shaking still saying like wait okay like like, is this the right thing? Right, right, yeah. Right, right. yeah, I think that's very common. We were blessed to uh, to have have uh, a lot of certainty the whole way through. Awesome, awesome. Well, stay tuned for our next episode because we're going to talk not about the engagement, but about the marriage itself, which right now you guys are three months married or something? Three months. Three months. Just about. Yeah, so we're going to talk more about what it's like to be a newlywed couple and kind of some of the joys and challenges and how that's ultimately making you holy. So tune in next time to Restless. You can find us on Veritas Catholic Network. One of uh, 103.9 FM. I've been saying it wrong for the last 17 episodes. <laughs> Not 103.5, 103.9. And also 1350 AM and wherever you get your podcasts. Tune in next time.